Good morning. Welcome to the branches. My name is Alex Hershey. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you all are here this morning. It matters that we can gather together here and be in a place where we can encounter the living God. I hope that you already, in this moment of being here, have been able to, in the busyness of life, in the busyness and the worry of life, have already been able to feel the peace of Jesus. And if not, hold on to your seats, because I believe that God will still bring you that peace. When we gather, we simply want to gather to understand who God is. The more we can understand who God is, the more our hearts are open to see who God has created us to be, for you to be. So if you've been coming in and starting this year wishing it would be going different ways and different, different side tracks have, have overcome maybe what you thought the road is, know this. Know this, that through all perseverance, God is there. Know this, that in the busyness of life, Jesus is right with us, just whispering in your ear, peace, be still. Watch what I can do when you put your life into my hands. The branches is a church that truly desires to connect to God love others, connect to God, grow in Christ, and to love others. Truly, truly desires that. Truly desires to to be awakened to the spirit that is moving amongst us right now so that we can be an awakening to those around us. Those who are asleep and don't know who God is, that we can be a voice to them to have them wake up and see the beauty of Christ. That is our hope. That is our desire. So, We're going to practice, and this is why we do this, because we believe Jesus loves us. We also, also 100% believe that Jesus loves all of the people that are around us. And so, we just turn to someone right now and say, Jesus loves you with a smile. And you do that because you believe it. All right, can you turn to someone and tell them, Jesus loves you, maybe two or three people? There you go. Great. I think the blower in here doesn't know if it should be awake or not. I don't know. But we're awake, and so we're going to pray right now. Let's pray. God, you are good, and your love endures forever, and we believe this. We believe that no matter what we face, no matter what is going on in our lives, that you love us and that you work in our lives every day. And so, Lord, we come to you right now thankful that you are our Savior. That we don't have to save ourselves, that we don't have to allow anything else to try to save us, but it is you alone that saves us. And so help us to live into this with everything that we have. In your name we pray. Amen. I grew up going to family functions with my uh, uh, or my my uh, extended family, right? And uh, going, and I had great extended families on both sides, and we'd have a lot of fun if it was sledding at winter time or or getting together for Thanksgiving. It was always good, and especially on my mom's side of the family, I would go to a family function, and I would never have to speak a word. 
I don't know. I, and I like to talk. But I would never have to speak a word because my mom and her siblings and their spouses, and my, all my aunts and uncles, they would just talk constantly. Like, talk constantly. And everything was laughter, right? Everything was laughter. Maybe you have this in your families. I don't know, but everything was laughter. Even, like, sad stories uh, ended with punchlines somehow. I am not sure. But, but everything was just a story and a story. And if you are around good storytellers or people who think they are good storytellers, you learn something. They, t- they say the same story multiple times, right? They do. They say the same story multiple times and you hear it. And as a young child, you just sit there and you smile and you know the punchline is good. So, so often I wanted to hear the story just because I knew how funny the ending was going to be, even though I may have heard it four, five, seven, 15, 20 times. But I wanted to hear the story. And, and as we get older, right, we love to tell stories because we remember, right? We remember these stories and we want to do this. Now, my uncle, my mom's oldest brother, passed away a few years ago. And so now we tell stories about him because we remember and we love him, right? And so as I tell you this story, it's, it's one where I remember, but it is a good story. Uh, my aunt and uncle, my cousin by this time, had moved out of the house. And so they were uh, in their home and they were getting ready to leave. And my Aunt Mary, to my Aunt Craig, yells, Hey, Craig, can you, marry, or can you mail this letter? Can you mail this letter? To my uncle, who had hearing aids, and I would just one of my favorite memories of, is that he would smoke a pipe. He didn't do it for long, but I just thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, anyway. But anyway, well, that's just my, that's my Tolkien reference for the day, is that my uncle smoked a pipe. Anyway, but anyway. And so, like, I remember that. So, so my aunt asked him to mail a letter, and then my uncle disappears, right? And they're trying to get out the door. They're trying to get out the door. And Mary's getting ready, and she's, she finally gets to the door, and she's there with seeing that the letter is still on the counter, right? It's still there. And then Craig turns Around the, around the hallway, and he turns to her, and he just sort of looks confused, but also confident, because as husbands, if we do something that our spouse tells us, as our wife tells us, we feel confident in ourselves, We're like, look at us. But he just simply asks her, why did you want me to smell the litter? I, there you go. Think about that. She has a mail letter. He goes and smells the litter. All that I'm saying, as we begin this sermon about words and communication, words matter, right? And sometimes how we say words really matter, and if we're even being clear. Instead of mailing a letter, we find ourselves smelling litter. And so there you go. But this is the thing. When we get this, we can be, often be confused by words, right? And it's amazing because we've been going and starting this year about talking about let's go. We want to live for Jesus. We want to have a strong foundation for Jesus. And so we've been going through the book of James. And the book of James is straightforward. It's to the point. And it's only five chapters long. It's only 108 verses long. And yet for some reason, James, the half-brother of Jesus, spends a big section here talking about words. Talking about communication, right? And we have all learned that communication is a big deal. It is a must. It is what we need to live in this world today. And communication now is more than just words, right? Communication is keyboards. Communication is texting. Communication is chatter pages. Communication is all of it. And communication is hard, right? But yet, communication is so fruitful, so fruitful. And so I saw this. I was preparing for this message, and then I scrolled across this, this good old meme. So here's a picture that I just, here we go. There's a go. Never mind telling you. 
Because we know communication is more than just words, but words are so important. And as we hear this passage, it is powerful for us to understand why is James talking about this? Why do we need to understand this? And so when we begin to look at this passage, we begin to see that there are things that we can pull from it. We can pull from it. And just some of the very first things, and this is just the first point, is that small things control larger things, right? We see that James, we've been learning that James loves comparison, right? He loves to compare things. And so he begins to say, look at this horse, right? This huge animal. This huge animal is controlled by a bit in its mouth. When I was in kindergarten, I believe, I took, I took horseback riding lessons. So little, I mean, I was a little bit shorter than what I am now, but not much. And so, but I was a little kid on top of a big horse, but I was learning how to control this massive animal when I was so little, right? This is this, is this big comparison that we're going to see that the tongue is, is something that can control the larger, Right? We then see with a ship and a rudder, right? The little rudder on the boat, on the, on the big, big cruise ship that we wish we were all on right now. <laughs> but for, not the Arctic one. I want the one, equator one. But anyway, but we see that it's a little rudder that can control something big. The small controls the large. Our words matter. The words begin to then reveal stuff about us, right? We know this, right? The words you use showcases your soul. It's true. The words that you choose to use showcase your soul. They reveal who you are and what you are about. It matters how we speak in this world. It does. All of it. It matters how we communicate. It matters how we text. It matters how we do this. I remember a long time ago uh, when there were, I don't know, I don't remember the whole situation, but like we were getting another car because I'm understanding all this stuff that my father did because now I'm trying to figure out kids and cars and all this jazz. But I remember we went to this used car a lot. My dad has a gift of when he speaks, his words matter, right? And he doesn't always have to speak, right? I learned that and I'm like, he's so mad at me. He hasn't said anything. No, he's not mad at me. But anyway, but I remember watching him with a car dealer who hated silence. And I'm like, oh, boy, dad's going to get a good deal. You know, like his bartering is just just listening. Right. And that's all my dad did. And I just remember him getting the back. I, I, I think he got back in the car or mom is like, oh, look at that kid. He is just telling dad everything, what's wrong. And, what, and dad's just working that price down. and He didn't have to say a thing. Right. Our words matter. When we use our words matter and how we use our words matter. And the thing is, is that we can reveal our whole being sometimes, right? We can be like the used car salesman in this story. Not all used car. I don't want to throw any used car salesman on the bus. Or we can be like my father, too. It's all over. But the thing is, is that we're all communicating. We're all using words. If it's the words, if it's the facial expressions, if it's texting, but the small things, we think they're small, but they control the larger. They control the larger. I will say this, uh, hostile, hostile language has no place in the life of a Christian. Hurtful words have no place in the life of a Christian. And that is to the person who continue. the people, I think this week, oh my gosh, this week, I know it's bad weather, everybody, but don't forget how to drive, Right? 
Like, you still have to stop at red lights. You still have to, like, yield at roundabouts, right? Just, this is just me. Like, this is, but the reality is, like, this is a test, right? Because, like, my words matter when I'm in my car by myself and people swerve off in front of me. And I know that person is wrong and I'm not. But hostile language of any kind has no place in the life of a Christian. The next thing that we begin to pull out, and we see this in verse 9, in James 3, 9, where it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings uh, who have been made in God's likeness. We praise God versus cursing, right? We praise God versus saying, you idiot, right, to the people. Like, there's times where we have to be reminded that, like, that person who is driving that car that... I mean, I'm just saying, is an idiot. But like that person, like they are still a creation of God. Even the people who don't know they're childs of God are children of God. And so when you speak towards anyone, you're speaking to a child of God if they know it or not. So we're either praising God, which we just have been doing, Right? Any words that we say, it's either a praise towards God or it's not, right? And how we interact with our, our spouse or how we interact with our children, how we act with our coworkers, it matters. Our words matter, right? But what we begin to see is like, can we praise God and also then make sure that we're not saying you idiot to his creation, right? Right? You never want to badmouth the church. I'm just saying this because the, the church is a, is a bride of Christ, no matter what, as the bride of Christ says in the scripture. And the same goes when we talk about, when we talk about other people. We need to be, be aware of it. Uh, David R. Renas says this, Speech is a primary means by which double-mindedness is manifested. One moment we're praising God, and the next we find ourselves tearing down a fellow human being who is made in the image of God. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. And how we use our words. Learning to tame our tongue shows how mature you are as a person. It truly does. It also shows you how mature you are in your faith. The more you hold back speaking out harmful language, the more you don't choose to gossip or bully, is the more mature you are in your faith and your holiness. James is wanting to say this, and this means that during this time, there were people who were saying bad words. There were people who were gossiping. There were people who were bullying. This is not a new thing. And James was saying, if you were going to follow God, if you were going to be all in with Jesus, tame your tongue. Tame your tongue. And then this leads to the last, the last thing I want to look at. And that is simply then we are called to be people who speak love. We are called to be people who speak love to other people. Luke 6, 45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We want to be people who speak love. We want to be people who speak love. I will tell you this. If you are a person who practices speaking love, and this is hard at times, but if you are a person who practices speaking love, you will be a better coworker. You will be uh, better in your marriage and a better at parenting 
Because this is the thing, when we, when we can practice this, when we can speak love, we know this, love it carries encouragement. Love carries uh, hard truths that bring about good change, right? Love, love is powerful. But what, when love isn't spoken from our mouths, well, that's when, like, hurt happens, right? That's when leaving people out happens, that's when bullying takes place. That's when gossip is all right. And the thing is, is that we've always been in like certain circles where we know that that seems okay because we've all been at middle school sometime. <laughs> and this is the reality, right? Like it, like it happens and then you get older and you think it's not going to happen anymore and you're like, I guess it's okay in our 20s and 30s and 40s and it just keeps going, right? But this is the thing is that Jesus wants us to practice his ways and not the ways of the world. And we don't want to be caught saying, well, at least I'm not as bad as those people over there gossiping. But did you hear about this? (laughs) That's not okay. If you want to live for Jesus, you live for Jesus. I think a danger of our culture right now is that we're seeing people who are professing to be Christians but not living like Christ. That are okay with being cultural Christians versus Christians. This is actually really hard and we all know it. But I like saying that four-letter word. But I like picking on Kenny at work, right? It's not okay. It's not okay. We speak love. Period. Followers of Christ do this. Because that's hard. That's hard. I'm just going to say it. But remember, there's grace. Remember, there's transformation. Well, I've always done it this way. Remember, God is working. And this is why. When James is writing this, he's not just writing to a youth group and saying, hey, kids, remember to say nice words. He's not saying that. There's something deeper here that's happening. When James is talking about this, he's talking to a Jewish culture. The Jewish culture understood words mattered because they believed that words were the source of sin. Right, So they, they go back to Genesis and they see that sin is something that is real and is something that deviates you from God. Right, That's the Jewish custom. Sin deviates you from God. And James is writing this to a Jewish culture where they all know that words are the source of where sin begins. So there's something bigger happening. James isn't just talking about the words that are spoken. James is understanding what is planted in your soul and in your heart. This is where we're at. Where we say, oh, it's too hard for me to change the way I talk. It's too hard for me to change the words that I use. But we're all here because we believe that God can transform us and change us. And if we're saying the same things and acting the same way that we did when we were 15 years old, then we haven't embraced the complete transformation that Jesus is all about. And so the questions that we need to begin to ask ourselves is what am I planting in my heart and my soul? What is planted in here? And what's so graceful about this is that if you haven't done it yet, or if you've only been working on it a little bit, you can do it now. You can change. One thing that Jesus is all about is change.
the transformation of your life into what he is calling you to be and become. To be and become. I had a quote, and I forgot to send it in, but I want to say this quote now. It's good, but now I have to remember where I put it on my phone. Stuff just comes my way. Okay, John Stott, great theologian. He's dead. They all are dying. Anyway, he's a great theologian. Okay, he says this. Let the seeking man reach a place where life and lips join to say continually, be thou exalted, and a thousand minor problems will be solved at once. Let me say that one more time. Let the seeking man reach a place where life and lips join to say continually, be thou exalted, and a thousand minor problems will be solved at once. If we plant Jesus in our hearts, in our lives, in our souls, then the words of our mouth will bring hope, peace, joy, and love. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank you so much that in our humanness, we can get lost in so many different things. In our conversations, we can get worked up. I know I'm guilty of that so often. But Lord, you also know we're not perfect. And so Lord, we simply just come and say, we repent. Not all of our words have been to exalt you, to praise you, but they've sometimes have been used to harm and hurt your creation. So please come and, and heal us, transform us, and help us to live holy lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.